All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Did you have coffee today? I sure did. You're always good on the podcast when you've had a bunch of coffee. Yeah, I didn't have a coffee right before coming over, but I did have three through the day, so okay. I think I'll I think I'll be okay. Three. Yeah, I've been doing this thing lately where I have a coffee in the morning and then I have a coffee when I get to work and then mm. I'll have a coffee after lunch. I don't need any of them. No, you probably need some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But the afternoon coffee is something I cut out and I found myself being really stubborn about it. Mm-hmm. And I've occasionally had one only on Fridays because I'm so scared of not sleeping. Like right, I live yeah. my life in fear of not sleeping. So I'll only let it happen on Fridays. I'll occasionally have a, a coffee just before the show and I'll, without fail, invariably I'll find that show to be awesome. And then nice. I'll tell myself, you should allow yourself that coffee because sometimes you feel like a bag of crap yeah. going on the air and you need coffee. And you want to be jazzed up. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm so stubborn about that coffee, but I think I'm mm. going to occasionally start to reintroduce it. Right. But it's really hard for me not to treat coffee like a regimen. But like, has your sleep not been great lately? No, I'm scared to say it out loud, but it's been really good for a while. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard about it. Yeah. I, I almost forgot it was a thing. It's it's been pretty good for a little while. Yeah. And maybe that's the temperature. It's cooler at night. Right. That's a big thing for you too. I think so. It's the Christmas season. Are, have, have you started your shopping? Are you doing okay with it? Uh, doing all right. I got my dad um, NBA league pass like a month ago. Yeah. Which is kind of self-serving because I'm not giving it to him until Christmas. So until then, it's like a subscription-based thing. So I right. can watch the NBA on my laptop. Okay. I haven't used it that much, but it's nice to know. I can just turn on any game anytime. Right. So, so that's done with. Um, other than that, Jen is a big time shopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she is. She got something for my sister already, who I don't even know is going to be home. I just need to get something for like Jen's parents, and we need to get something for my mom. But Jen said she's going to pick out uh, like a bracelet or something. So you don't have to do like grandparents, aunts, and uncles. No, I don't do that stuff. Does your sister have a boyfriend or anything that you know? Yeah, and Jen, I think we might have gotten him something too. But like, I don't think they're coming back. Do you know him? Has he been around for a long time? Yeah, he was here for last Christmas. Oh, I see. And they've been dating for like almost two years now. Or no, almost two two years and a bit now. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, there's always like a bunch of people I have to buy for. Uh, so but I'm get, doing okay. You get stuff for your grandparents and aunts and uncles? Too? I have two grandmothers and I'll, I'll buy them gifts. Yeah. And like a couple aunts and uncles because they're going to be the people I spend Christmas Day with. Right. But for the most part, no. It's not It's not uh, extreme. No. And and at this point, most mm. of my aunts and uncles don't get me anything. Like I think my, right. my uncle Chris will get me, like give me a $50 bill or something. Like, it's all right. I know. My, that's the thing. My parents... My grandparents and like my a set of aunts and uncles on one side. Really, I should get them gifts because they get me something every year. But I rarely see them. But they just continually get. It's almost like it's a regimen for them. Well, like, it's funny when you're like in your late twenties and you're still kind of getting the gift because you're someone's kid. I'm almost thirty years old. Like, yeah. I that and I've told them like you don't have to get me anything, guys. Right. Like I own a house now. Yeah. I've got a future wife. Like this is fine. Maybe it'll stop uh, after, after the wedding. Well, except they're going to give you some cash for your wedding, probably. I, I, I'm okay with saying, like, this is it. We're good after this. <laughs> but not until then. Not until then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still want this Christmas. Yeah, like, that's fair. We're well, going and, into a wedding. And, and of course, the wedding presents yeah, that they're yeah, sure absolutely. to get you. Okay. There's lots of entertainment news because we haven't done a podcast in a little while. The, the, the discussion of who hosts major award shows has been really a hot topic the last 48 hours. Right. Well, somebody had posted this article. I think it might have been a Vulture article. Uh-huh. It might have been Jesse Fox who wrote this article about why nobody wants to host the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And I take issue with the premise of that. I don't agree. I think that maybe of the very, very tiny gene pool of people they want to host the Oscars, those people don't want to do it. And that's a very small niche group of people. It's like three or four of the late night guys, maybe Neil Patrick Harris, Mm -hmm. uh, probably not Ricky Gervais, Mm -hmm. probably not Seth MacFarlane again. Like it's really tiny. Ellen, I guess. Yeah. Um, But... uh, there are lots of people outside of that gene pool who'd be happy to do it. Mm. Do you think Seinfeld gets offered every year? No, I don't think so. You don't think I don't, so? I don't think they'd want him. I think that he would... 
I don't think he'd have enough reverence for it. Yeah. That's the thing that's really tricky about it is you have to be able to kind of take the piss out of these Hollywood elites. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of be a Hollywood elite. Otherwise, it's like, who are you to tell me I'm too rich and too, you know what I mean? Right. But you yeah. can't be a nobody. Like I saw an article on Reddit today that's like, Nathan Fielder should host the Oscars. Stop <laughs> wasting your time. Yeah. That's a that's a very deep reach. It's so silly. Stop the wasting bit your of time. A two percenter, yeah. Yeah, pick a different cause. Uh -huh. And so Kevin Hart's going to do it again in premise. Doing big, the Oscars. Big people do apparently want to do it because sure. that's a good get. Yep. He's not my favorite, but that's a good get. Yep. Uh, and it was announced. And although it's kind it's kind of weird actually that it's been so long because like I think they announced Jimmy Kimmel in like the summer right. when he was going to do it, right? And so it's it's only two and a half months away. <sighs> Finally figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was announced today the Golden Globes are going to be hosted by Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh. <laughs> I, I think regardless of mm. who you have with Andy Samberg, it's going to be good. It gives me a... She's cool too. I like her. I think she's... I think now this makes it way cooler <laughs> because... Or this makes her way cooler. Yeah, yeah, it does. I have no idea like who she is comedically, but I think after... The fact that she's doing it with Andy Samberg makes it way funnier. And there's, they're going to write jokes that are going to make her 90% more likable by the end of it. Absolutely. And he's got uh, a, a long Rolodex full of excellent comedy writers. Mm -hmm. The best Golden Globes have been hosted by teams. Mm -hmm. Last year was Seth Meyers, and it was like right after Time's Up or like right. really hit a pinnacle. And it just didn't work. No. And so he was nervous, and that's fair. And the previous year, it was Jimmy Fallon, and he's like... He's useless. Yeah. So no, it needs to come back to some bite. And I think I think they'll be able to pull it off. I don't even know if there's going to be bite towards the Hollywood elite. It will just be very silly. Yeah, like, that's okay. They always just have like, it. it's almost <clears throat> like Conan-esque. Like I feel like uh, they, yeah. they really enjoy Conan's sort, sort of like skit heavy. Like they'll they'll do that stuff. Well, and we're also in this age now where the best actors are millennials. Mm -hmm. So like people don't even care that much about George Clooney now. Right. Like we want to hear about like, I want to hear your best Timothy Chalamet joke. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lucas Hedges. Mm -hmm. So like there's like a really, really nice crop of young people who are actually not necessarily stuck up dick bags because mm -hmm. they're so green. Right. And they're not necessarily like seasoned professionals about it. So it's just kind of this like fun, vibrant time in Hollywood where yeah. I'm sure there's lots of jokes Andy Samberg can make about Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really know where I was going with that, what, but that's what how was, I feel. What was the last one that um, Andy Samberg hosted? Because he hosted an award show within the last... Did he do the Emmys? Six years, I think. He hosts the Emmys? Maybe it was the Emmys. I think he probably did the Emmys. He's done the MTV ones. Yeah. Or whatever. And they've all been really funny. Oh, they're so good. And when Even he, when he uh, did the James Franco roast, that was mm -hmm. so hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, that was really funny. I don't know what that has to do with this, but it, it seems like it could be a similar... They just, they've got fresh takes. Right. Fresh takes. Takes that people generally like. Yeah. That aren't mean. Are you up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. So all we know about Gina leaving the show mm -hmm. is that it's going to be a two-parter and oh. she's not going to die. Okay. But I mean, right. there's no shocker there. Yeah, yeah. It's all I hope about. she runs off with Jason Manzukis. Is that a possibility? Yeah. He plays a crazy person. He plays a crazy person that... Oh, wait, no, no, never mind. That's not a possibility. No? He's not going to run off with her. Okay. But we we know that she has a baby, but we don't know who her um baby daddy husband, is baby daddy is i see yeah i heard jason manzoukas on uh, a public radio show the other day yeah just so lovely yeah just the most lovely like says the interviewer's name which means a lot he's yeah. very present he's giving like really thoughtful answers just i had no reason to think he'd be an asshole and i didn't necessarily think he was an asshole but i've only ever witnessed him in these really outrageous <laughs> he's characters he's always crazy he's always a crazy person yeah. and it was nice to see him kind of down to earth but he's promoting mm -hmm. this movie uh, uh, the long dumb road. Yes. I think it's called. Yeah, I'm kind of into that. Yeah, that's actually um, the the director of that movie is, uh, you know, Time Crisis with Ezra Koenig. Yeah, yeah. So his co-host, who's like an artist, it's his wife who directed the whole thing. Okay. So he was on Time Crisis. Anyway, it was just kind of a weird like crossover episode for me because I listen to Jason Manzoukas all the time on like comedy bang bang yeah and i listened to this thing which should be a different world but your world's collided just randomly collided yeah okay so uh there's a new podcast starting up in 2019 okay did you hear about this 
Ron Burgundy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know a lot of details, but Will Ferrell's going to host a podcast in character as Ron Burgundy, which I think is cool mm -hmm. because, I mean, in, in 2018, 2019, all anchor people have podcasts. That's not uncommon That's at true. all. Yeah. But he exists in the 1980s where we last left him. Was that where it was? The 80s or 70s? The 70s were the first one. I think it was the 80s and the second one. Okay. I think that was the the point. Now, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We don't. It's so absurd. We don't have to worry about like the... The, the time, the, the chronology of right. it. The um, Anchorman universe. Yeah. The yeah. What's the timeline? Where does it fit into the Anchorman <laughs> timeline? Are we in real life or will it get old? What's canon? Um, it's hard to say. You know, every time I start to have my doubts about Will Ferrell, I hear him on something else or see him in something else, and it just makes me believe in Will Ferrell again. I think he's one of the funniest people of our time. Yeah. You know the thing that like him on the Conan show on the Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Yeah. Just the stories he was telling from that alone. Totally. Made me really laugh. He also seems like a lovely guy. Fred Armisen was on, uh, you made it weird today. Uh huh. That's a good listen, by the way. It's been a long time since we had a really good, you made it weird. But yeah. it's just like two sweet people trading compliments for three hours. Right. It was nice. They talked about Will Ferrell briefly and I forget which one of them said it, but they, they mentioned how, how deeply unpretentious Will Ferrell is. Mm, yeah. Like he would never try and like school you about comedy. He's right. just like, he's just impossibly funny. Yeah. And he seems like a sweet regular person when he's not on. Right. And that's so cool. The whole thing about him wearing the same outfit to every SNL party. Oh yeah. What that And what was the so outfit? Funny. It was some ridiculous thing that he wore in a sketch. Right. That was like a sleeveless, like, like like sweater or something he was playing some like country guy as so we wore it kept for, wearing he it. wore it a lot and then somebody said to him you have to wear this for the rest of the season and he was like oh i guess i do like he to, was like to that really, would be really funny if <laughs> to i just sell the bit it. yeah now speaking of will ferrell mm -hmm. funny or die yep did you hear about this other thing i did not uh there's going to be a between two ferns movie oh, okay Starring Zach Galifianakis, I don't think he's been in a movie in a couple of years. No, and I don't know if he's gonna like play the character version of himself. Yeah, in like a mockumentary about the talk show he hosts. Yeah, um, is this gonna be like an available online movie? I kind of got the impression it was gonna be like a big budget, like wacky comedy, which we haven't had in a long time. Which would probably be on Netflix because doesn't does Netflix own Between Two Ferns now? I don't know. Not that I know of. No, no I think if, I think that. if anything, it gets uh, it gets pushed to Amazon Prime. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I don't know exactly how that would work. I'm calling it right know. now. I want it to work. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that impressive. The kind of thing where we're like, oh, this could be cool. And then it just kind of comes and goes and doesn't matter. Kind of great idea. Poor execution. Why don't you have faith in the execution? I don't know. I, I just don't know how you make an actual movie around a talk show. And also, how do you bring some humility to that character? Even if it's Zach Galifianakis, like... What's his name in The Hangover? What's the guy's name? Um, God, you know, I'm I totally blanking. Doesn't matter. Like, that character, while outrageous, mm -hmm. still has, like, heart in there somewhere. Like, yeah. you still kind of, like, feel bad for him a little bit. And, right. like, it, the, the Zach Galifianakis who hosts Between Two Ferns doesn't have any humility. And you no. need your main character to have some of that. I mean, right. they could develop it. But then your, your little shorts change. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's had to change their little shorts before. <laughs> it's and true. This, is, this time's no different. <laughs> okay, you brought up Netflix. A couple mm -hmm. of Netflix things. Uh, controversial Daredevil got canceled. Wow. Do so you remember a couple of weeks ago they canceled Luke Cage and oh, yeah. The Defenders? Is that what it's called? The Defenders was a thing. Yeah, they canceled that. Okay. So Did I they think cancel they, Iron Fist? Iron Fist. The only one they, they still have is, is Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones? Yep. Is that what it's called? Yep. Why am I having such a hard time? <laughs> I don't know. Canceled Daredevil. And people freaked out because in their eyes, Netflix is is butchering their uh, their biggest cash cow. Mm -hmm. And whenever people start talking like that, I have to check out because you have no idea how much money they're making on any individual thing right. because they famously don't release their numbers. Right. Now, you could also blame Disney for sanitizing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But just because you like a thing mm -hmm. does not mean they have to keep it on the air. And when stuff gets canceled and when people comment in comment sections, why? Why would you do that? It's only ever because there aren't viewers. There's right. the, it's the only reason a show gets canceled unless somebody is ambient tweeting. It's the only <sighs> reason you cancel Daredevil is because people aren't watching it. Punisher too? I don't know about Punisher. I think it's still around. I felt like that. 
had another season. I don't think people talked about it, though. You watched it, but people didn't really get into it. I watched it, but didn't even really care about it while I no? was watching it. It was very violent. <laughs> it was too violent. It was just too much violence for me. Anyway, so I don't know. Disney is gearing up to do their 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 own streaming platform next year, yeah. right? And so I don't know if they're going to move some stuff over. I don't know if they're going to rebirth Re, uh, uh, Daredevil. Yeah. But like when we have, it's just, it's very hard for me to picture that Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark exists in the same realm as those crappy little MCU shows <laughs> on Netflix. I thought they were crappy. I thought they were self-important. Yeah. I thought Luke Cage was okay. And you didn't watch it really though, did you? No, I watched it for this podcast and then I was like, I've, I've seen enough. Like, that seems okay. It seems okay. Right. But again, like it, it, you can't, I know it kind of defeats the point of this podcast, but you can't judge a show just on the on the pilot. I just, I get annoyed when people don't seem to understand that it's not a personal affront when a show gets canceled. Everybody is liked a show that got canceled, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. What was your favorite show that got canceled? Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Right. It was easy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know. I don't really watch a lot of network shows anymore, so it's less a risk. Mm-hmm. And Netflix is... Uh, I mean, I think we're still living in the golden age where there's not quite as much stuff. Like we're just kind of entering this world where they have to start being a little bit more choosy and they yeah. have to start cutting their stuff. Yeah. Don't you find too that there hasn't been a phenomenal um, movie on Netflix yet? I don't know, man. Did you watch The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? No, I didn't. It's... But I, I, the one thing I saw was on Facebook from someone else who has the tendency to... Uh, want to pat themselves on the back for their opinion and it was kind of one of those like a oh, fuck off kind of posts yeah where you're like okay i'm sure you're you're very high and mighty about you know what's right. wrong right with you this know show. yeah, yeah. um it, worth watching you didn't finish your sentence what did that person say they didn't like it oh yeah they were so, sorry i was leading into basically yeah. how how they were like how how can everyone be so obsessed with this movie it's just another it was basically him trying to make himself feel self-important yeah wow how can someone how can everyone be so obsessed with this movie the the, the inherent problem lies within you just in what you said yeah everyone likes this movie and and this is this is a common thing that he does is like look at movies that are really good and be like i laughed so hard at this movie. oh this guy Can't, and you're like okay, i know that guy all right yeah yeah it's great it's, yeah it's okay. really fun i watched it over a few different parts because it's uh, an anthology it's right? kind of shorts right yeah it's like, like five or six chapters of okay. like completely non-sep non they're disjointed stories okay. um and the first one was just i mean i should have known what because it's coen brothers but i don't yeah, know yeah. why i thought it was just gonna be a romp but right. like the first one kind of knocked me over and i was like uh, okay, I, that was fun, but I gotta go watch like a Friends rerun or something. Oh, really? And then I was like, okay, I want to check out more, and I've I've now watched all of them. Yeah, and it's fantastic. It's so cool. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. You should. And so, to answer your question, I don't know if there's been like a masterpiece in, in Netflix cinema, but there's been some popular movies. Yeah. Yeah. Which other ones though? I mean, that we've talked Let's before go about. We their- got Bright. We got mute. What about all, had... all of their rom-coms? All of their like... Yeah, you're right. You're right. All of okay. their, their that's, B movies. Never mind. That's their sweet spot. People are eating that up. Yeah. And now it's the Christmas movies, man. It's the Princess Switch. Oh, God. Yeah. We had this conversation. We were talking about Netflix Hallmark movies. Yep. And their ridiculousness. And the W movies are, I think, a, a level below the Hallmark movies. Yes. Like if you catch on W a... Hallmark movie? It's like, that's, oh, that's a low. Well, at least it's Hallmark. <laughs> like, they're so bad. And I've been forced to sit through so many of them where every episode just, or every movie starts with someone from a big city going Always. to a small town. Always. Um, who, and yeah, she, she's got like really nice shoes in the mud. Yes, she's yeah. got really nice shoes. And she's a nurse, but her hair is perfectly coiffed yeah. and she's like looking amazing. Right. Uh, she goes to a small town. She. Uh, partakes in local family traditions. She, I uh, like, I, I start coming up with names. Like yeah. as, as I see Jen's watching them, I'm like, which one's this one? Like the, uh, the holiday makeup, <laughs> <laughs> which one's this one? Uh, uh, the shoes that Santa wears. Uh, and, and oftentimes I get kind of close. Like yeah. if I start to figure out the pre- the premise, I can say like, Oh, these are the, the, the radio DJs, right? Or the, 
Wait, that wasn't a Christmas thing That's at not, all. Not Christmasy it. at all. I was gonna no. say holiday G- DJs. <laughs> no, I, one of the one of the tropes that I've noticed. I mentioned this to somebody recently. Maybe it was you. Um, and it's not exclusive to B movies. Mm-hmm. You see it in like TV a lot. Um, is when they establish that your main character is really good at the thing that they do by stating that they went to literally the best school in the world ever for it. <laughs> yeah. And the Princess Switch, she owns a bakery. So, of course, she went to the Cordon Bleu. Right. Like, you could have just told me she went to the NSCC culinary program, and I still would believe she makes great bagels. And it always comes in the most, like, ridiculous way. Like, someone's like, sweets, come on. You went to Juilliard for (laughs) radio training. Oh, the exposition. (laughs) Yeah. It's something. What are you doing going to this town? (laughs) I love him, and I have to follow him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wherever he goes. Well, my family's from there, and I'm just going for the holidays, so don't worry. <laughs> don't fall in love while you're there. Oh, trust me, I won't. Oh, I'm so over, guys. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, but they're popular. They sure are. Like, and Jen loves them, and sometimes she's she loves them in spite of what they are. Yeah. Like, oh, I think everybody knows what they are. Like, they're bad. There was one that centered around. I think it was like a cheerleading squad. That one was really bad. This is not necessarily a Christmas movie? No, it was a Christmas movie. Okay, because <laughs> I want to distinguish Set It Up and To All The Boys are not necessarily in this category because those are all right movies. Not at all. Those yeah. are fine. Yeah. I think, we, I think we just made our segue into Christmas movies and oh, I wanted to unleash a little bit because the, they're yeah. always on in my head. You were telling me about a bingo card that you can you can use to watch one of these movies yeah. that kind of spices it up. Yeah, the, the ones that I, I like or I think are the most true were... Um, a uh, person from out of town takes part in small town tradition. Absolutely. Like snow, snowman making competition. Right. I actually in the same weekend saw two movies that had a snowman building competition oh in them. Oh my God. Uh, and there's always like one character who's annoyingly serious about it. And they're, yeah. they're kind of the, the, <laughs> they're kind of the antagonist and they take it way too seriously and they win every year. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy always builds the best snowman. Like who is going to these snowmen? And she has like tools that she bought online for building snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And there's always a long pause before the judge makes the final call. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's awful. It's not good. But, and then I find there's always like the rest of the family, the, the, person who moved into the small town always ends up meeting the rest of the family and the rest of the family loves them immediately there's no question right there's never any issue with right. the family members unless there's like a brother who's like oh man she sucks she's gonna take <laughs> over my part of the family business right something like that yeah there know. has to be some reason to root against them yeah they're highly formulaic you, you need a villain in there somewhere yeah that's right yeah. so you can root for the underdog that is vanessa hutchins you know what i might start doing okay over the holidays i might just play and rewind or like rewind and play like 10 second clips from movies that are out of context that <laughs> would just seem hilarious regardless you just like make new dialogue out of the nope. audio of movies? Not even new dialogue. Like just use the dialogue that's there. Like, I love this town's Christmas <laughs> or, you know, whatever. I just want it to be like Christmas in the olden days or just those kind of canned lines. That okay. Are ridiculous. We had, uh, we had an assignment in, I, I, I was like, I, I guess it was in my TV production class, I guess, when I was mm-hmm. in school. I forget exactly what class was. It doesn't matter. Um, we were given all of the separate files uh, of the pilot episode of Mad Men. Okay. And we were instructed to make a trailer for the show Mad Men. Okay. Which is a cool assignment. Yeah, that's So we were awesome. given like the audio. We were given all the video. We were given, uh, I mean, that's probably it. But like, it was fun because I made like a very straight laced trailer for what I thought Mad Men was, but people were like making Mad Men into a horror movie or right. like oh, into cool. a comedy. There's the way you cut it yeah. or the way you arrange stuff. You can misrepresent <laughs> what it is. And that wasn't against the rules. It was be as creative or, or just do it. Yeah. And your radio teacher was famously not a hard ass at all. No, it was, <laughs> he wasn't the instructor of this class, but oh, you are, okay. you are correct. Sir. Right. <laughs> 
That is widely known. Right. On the topic uh, of, of Netflix, uh, do you know all of, at all about the, the Friends situation that happened this week? They were going to take it off air, and then they didn't take it off air, but they're, I saw someone write today, oh, they're taking net, uh, the X-Files off air. If you watch Friends on Netflix, you are complicit in the at- X- you believe? X-Files going off air. I'm starting air. to get a little worried about us. Um, <laughs> it's... Yes, so they did come out and say that that Friends was coming off in the new year. It's probably just American Netflix. I don't know. Right, it doesn't matter. And it might have just been a, a game because all of a sudden their licenses have been renewed. Right, and they're fine. In fact, Netflix has paid a hundred million dollars to to Warner Media to uh, Jennifer Aniston to license uh, Friends next year, and they only paid thirty million last time or something. Um. But it, again, it's the same. It's the same discussion about about Daredevil. People freaking out on social media yeah. as if it's any one person's fault. Netflix would like to have all the shows of all time if they could. Right. It they it's not up to them. Licenses expire, mm-hmm. and and you don't. They don't owe you anything. No, that is a good point. They don't owe you. And anything. threatening that you're going to leave is just get I'm over yourself. Dropping my hundred and twenty dollars a year. All right, so Netflix won't be able to produce Stranger Things right. anymore <laughs> yeah. because you left yeah. because you can't watch this Friends. For the 80th time. This is the last straw, Netflix. Yeah, you've you've really done it now. That's <laughs> yeah. when you hear in radio a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now you've really stepped in it. <laughs> okay. Um, Netflix is producing a Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl mm-hmm. cinematic universe. Roald Dahl. Um, that's... So what do you got? You got we knew... Big Friendly Giant. You got Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It's the BFG. BFG. Right. No one would ever call it the big friendly giant. Right. You do have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And in fact, we knew they were going to redo that anyway. Mm-hmm. Now Netflix has kind of taken over. Gotcha. And that's fine. I would normally be against yet another remake of something. Mm-hmm. But the Johnny Depp one was just so bad. Right. So it's fine. Uh, we've got James and the Giant Peach. We've got Matilda. We've got the Twits. We've got the Witches. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, I feel like I'm missing a big one. I'm sure I am. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. You're not going to do better than already exists for that no. one. No. I didn't know that was him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, it is. Talented man. Yeah, he's something. Gone now, right? Yeah. Um. Well, that's interesting. So they're going to probably just do the movies. I think so. Not series. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if there's a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory series? <laughs> that sounds well, awful. One season long. And each episode's exploring a different kid. And by the way, like... They're very expressly using the term cinematic universe, which implies all the stories suddenly exist in the in same the planet. Same era. And that complicates all the stories. Right. It does. Because there's magic in some of them. There's talking animals in some mm-hmm. of them. In other ones, there's not. Maybe it'll kind of be like Quentin Tarantino's universe where everyone just kind of smokes the same cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all smoking like green apple cigarettes. All right. I mean, yeah. Stephen King is kind of similar. Like supposedly so much of Stephen King stuff right. exists within the same world. And that's just like, it's not that stressful on the story. Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Castle Rock, I think, you know, I didn't watch any of these shows, but you could kind of tell where the, you know, where the connections were supposed to be. Well, even when I read uh, that uh, JFK assassination book, which is mm-hmm. Stephen King, like there's just some offhand comment about up in Derry, Maine. I guess there's a there's a rumor about some clown that's eating little kids. No, there wasn't. Yeah. Really. And there's also that's a little on the nose. It is. Well, I mean, it's very on the nose. <laughs> but the idea is it's just somebody saying it casually. Right, yeah. um, and they also reference Shawshank Prison. Right. That one's easy. Yeah. Because it's like it's just a prison. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about cinematic universes. I think it's I think it's a slippery slope. Well, on the um, on that that Time Crisis podcast, they they talk a lot about the Asibu. It's the uh, A Star is Born universe. <laughs> and, one, and one of their big, one of their big things, <laughs> one of their big things is that Halsey is one of the only characters to exist both in the Asibu and today. So they're like it transfixed is, by that. It is. And Alec Baldwin too. It is so oh, yeah. funny that Allie from A Star is Born. Yeah exists in a world where there's no lady gaga right that's for sure well and that's what they say is there no lady gaga are we positive of that um maybe it's not maybe it's not necessary because because she's so different and and, costumed and i'll put it like this uh (laughs) 
Julia Roberts exists in the Ocean's 12 universe. That is a great point. And you just, again, you're not supposed to think about it too much. Yeah, but it makes you wonder, does George Clooney also exist in that universe? Yes. Is it just supposed to be a gang of lookalikes? Is that why they're so successful in these heists? Yeah, no wonder they're distracting People in casinos. Are distracted. Oh my God. Wow. Meanwhile, there should be... B- I think George Clooney's in our vault. <laughs> there should be B-plots in the Oceans movies about how there's rumors swirling about George Clooney and Brad Pitt right. robbing banks and casinos. Well, and another person who does exist in the Oceans 12 universe, or Oceans 11 and 12 universe, is Topher Grace. He plays himself. That's right. So it's Topher Grace and Julia Roberts. Are we to believe that only redheads... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exist it, in both universes. It's kind of like how they say redheads have no souls. Really, they can just jump between. <laughs> That's right, between <laughs> universes. Universes, and that is fabulously interesting. All right. What other cases are there of celebrities playing versions of themselves in movies and TV shows? Um, playing versions of themselves in movies and TV shows. Well, I mean, yeah. uh, let's think of a celebrity. I, mean, I guess that happens quite a bit. Yeah. What was I watching last night where? Where it? Uh, oh, we were watching the movie The Holiday because we were at Saps. And right, it's Christmas time. Sure, but and what what? Cameos I mean, there's in that there's movie? a there's a Dustin Hoffman cameo. It's kind of, oh. it's it's not really apropos to this discussion. Anyway, the Asibu. <laughs> that is a very funny concept. Does Bradley Cooper exist? I think it's easier for Bradley Cooper to exist in the Asibu. Okay. Than Lady Gaga. And now, anytime they reference the the movie, because it's brought up so often, they bring, they talk about the the top five Billboard songs every second week okay and they compare it to that this week versus like july 1995 or something and it's just whatever that week is the top five billboard hits then right and um they they always explore a little bit more like the conversation that i heard most recently was you know don't you think the lyrics are a bit weak and shallow like tell me something girl are you tired of this modern world yeah. or are you happy in this modern world or whatever it is? And isn't it hard being so hardcore? And they said, another person said, yeah, but are we to believe that in the Asibu, uh, <laughs> um, Bradley Cooper isn't necessarily the most talented songwriter. Like he's just kind of like throwing stuff together. That is accurate. Yeah. I, th- I think that, I think that Jackson Maine is entirely artifice. I right. The point of the character is he's kind of, like he's he's living his life yeah. and he doesn't necessarily he's not tortured by it but he thrives off the audience not necessarily the artistry that's like true. he stole his brother's voice that's it's all it's right. all kind of made up yeah yeah that's a good point better so question. maybe they were like do you think when they sat down to write that song they were like we have to write a hit or they had to be like okay these people aren't necessarily the best songwriter like lyrically it's not supposed to blow anyone away well and don't forget uh, Allie writes her verse standing in a parking lot on the spot. That's right. She She's kind of the one who, who writes the song, to be fair. And Lady Gaga and Mark Ronson wrote that song. Right. Meanwhile, Jason Isbell wrote uh, Maybe It's Time, mm-hmm. which is very good, but it's simplistic. Right. And it's kind of poetic. So if we're to believe that Jackson Maine wrote that song, he definitely has a soul. Right. Is that the piano song that she sings? No, it's Maybe It's Time to Let the Old Ways Die. Oh, right. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of repetitive and folksy. Right. Okay. Additional question. Mm-hmm. In the Asibu, mm-hmm. do previous editions of that movie exist? Does oh. does the Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson movie, A Star is Born, exist in their universe? Oh, that's a great question. So like at some points in the movie, someone could be like, man, this is almost like that 1970s movie, A Star <laughs> oh, is man. Born. Allie and Jackson really have like an A Star is Born thing going on. That's what they would say. That's what they would say in the headlines. (laughs) A Star is Born thing really happening. Yeah. Between these two people. Wow. Somebody keep an eye on him. He might hang himself. It was... (laughs) Someone someone writes in like a British headline. It's like, LZ and Jacko boy are (laughs) clearly in an A Star is Born relationship. Right. And when they inevitably make this movie again... Does yeah. it exist? Interesting. In the same. Interesting. This is quite the do you tangent. Think they, do you think they make A Star is Born Again in like two years based on how often they're <laughs> No, I think they make a Netflix series for, yeah. for Christ's sake. Oh my yeah. God. No, I don't know. Because like, it's hard to say they'll never do it again because it's not like all three of the previous movies didn't get their due. Mm-hmm. Like certainly the Barbra Streisand movie was a very big deal. 
Right. And when Judy Garland did it, there weren't that many movies. So it had to be a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, maybe they'll do it again, but probably not for 30 years. You know? Yeah. Uh, That's a safe amount of time. It'd be like Blue Ivy and... and, I don't know, some... Jaden Smith. Jaden Jaden Smith would be very old in 30 <laughs> years. He is like a 50-year-old. Well, I mean, how old is Bradley Cooper? He's like 42 or 3. How because he was 40 when he made his first movie. How old is Blue Eastwood. Ivy? Like 2. See? <laughs> no, just joking. Eh, it's not really working. Yeah. Oh, that was quite the tangent you brought us on. Sorry. Thank you for that. No, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, all the Avatar sequels have wrapped. <laughs> Oh. This seems like a vapid conversation now that we had that deep one. I'm happy that everyone, everyone got out of those alive. It's interesting though that they did them all at once. Like to hear that, to hear that four movies have been have been made and we're just waiting for them to come out. Yeah. Was it, but are we the, are we expecting that much out of them? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm not going to get caught up in the we don't care about Avatar. Or you care about Avatar. I don't. I don't care about Avatar, but I'm not going to be fooled. It'll. Oh, yeah. It'll still be like a huge box. Everyone's going around saying, "Oh, nobody cares anymore." No, oh. those are going to make tons of money. Oh, okay, I, I hate when I accidentally stumble upon a a very cold take. That's my. That's my cold take. No, no. Like I stumble. I. I was like, does anyone really care? And you're like, oh no, that take has I don't, been. No, very I don't. Used. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's a cold take. I. Th- I think. I think, yeah, okay, fair enough. No, people don't really care about Avatar anymore, but I don't think you're you're alone in thinking that. Right. I think you, a lot of people would agree with you. Yeah. And I just don't want to get I don't want to get trapped by that because mm-hmm. fair. James Cameron sold his soul to the devil. He will find a way to make to make those movies to make earn. A box office. Yes. Yeah. Now all five of them, I don't know, but number two is going to do just fine. Do you know that people thought about Titanic like it was supposed to be a huge flop? Yeah, I, yeah, like it, like before it came out, people were like this story. Everyone knows what happens. This is gonna be awful, and then it ended up being like the biggest hit in the world. It's not the first time there was like a historical drama. That's so no, weird. I know, I know. I think it was just because it seemed like such a such an easy conversation to have. Like, yeah, the ship sinks. You know what's kind of crazy is that people who owned Titanic had two VHS tapes. Yeah, remember it came on two VHS yeah. tapes. <laughs> I sure do. Wow. Which one was, was the boobs on was was my elementary school question. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the first one because I think the second one is all sync. It's all sync. Yeah. Uh, and then that really was more exciting stuff. <laughs> the first the one boobs. The first one ends. Which one I, you want to watch tonight? Boobs or sync? <laughs> <laughs> the first one ends. The guy jumps off the boat and the second one begins with him hitting the propeller. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is like a fall, like him falling and having a, a monologue. He's breaking, breaking the fourth wall. That's the intermission. You know, I'm really not sure what's going to happen when I go down here. Is my girl Rose still going to be kicking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay. Emma Stone is going to play Cruella DeVille in the live action uh, Cruella DeVille origin story. Okay. They're not oh. going to. They're not going to do live action uh, uh, 101 Dalmatians again because they, did, they that did that with, with Glenn Close like 20 years ago. Right. Uh, Emma Stone's going to play young Cruella Deville, <laughs> okay, which is fine. And I think the I Tanya director is going to direct it. Okay. That's a whole whole lot of different stuff that I I can't even lot. form an opinion on. It's it a lot. Right did now. you see the Lion King trailer? Yes. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't think any of those movies are going to be the movies that we talk about forever because they're reboots. no they're not no they're not they're absolutely reboots yeah. right and, and i'm sure the lion king will do very well and i'm sure it'll be kind of nice yeah i don't care but that's not gonna be nominated for best picture i hope not it's gonna get nominated for stuff yeah yeah, oh, yeah. And, and it probably should yep um but no i hope not nominated for best picture right that's a mistake i rewatched mary poppins this weekend yeah because mary poppins returns comes out in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and that's gonna be a big deal they're, it looks pretty cool. They are clearly sinking their efforts into making this thing a big deal. Jen asked me last night, did you like Mary Poppins? And I said, I don't really remember, but I remember thinking it was really cool. Okay. Like, I, I really recommend you watch it then because yeah. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, like, I loved it. And watching it this weekend, I struggled to see why I liked it as a kid. Oh, really? But I loved it as an adult because 
It's oh, you couldn't figure out why you liked it as a kid, but you really liked what you were watching. I don't know now. what kids see in it. Yeah, it's like I guess it's colorful and the melodies are pretty. Yeah, but this is a movie written for adults. Right. First of all, the main character of this movie is Mr. Banks, the father, and that was lost on me as a kid. Right, he is the character who grows. He's the character who changes. Um, Mary's not in it that much, really. There are like long scenes that she's not in. Oh. She doesn't show up for for about a half an hour. It's just the, the father kind of like rediscovering his relationship with his kids or? Well, kind of learning that he has to care about his kids while they're young. Right. And I mean, the, the, the spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down is a metaphor for life. Life is hard. Be kind and sweet to each other. And life right. is easier. That's what spoonful of sugar mm-hmm. means. That was lost on me as a kid. Um, and he has to learn that. Right. So that's the lesson he has to learn. There's also this other, I remember her, his wife, Winifred, who's like the voice of reason in the house. She is a suffragette. Like okay. she's an advocate for women's right to vote. Okay. Which, why do they put that in a kid's movie? It's yes. fabulous. But like, it's not a gag. Like right. she is the voice of reason. She has a kick-ass song in it. Yeah. Does it's, she? Yeah, she does. Uh, it's it's just, I don't, I, It's it's bizarre to me how specific and adult and high-minded this movie is. Mm-hmm. Plus, I guess it was made on a shoestring budget. For 1964, it does not look like it. No. It's aggressively trippy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke is amazing in it. Is he? He's amazing in it. People always kind of make fun of his accent. And his movie. accent is atrocious, but that's right. fine. Yeah. Uh, his his movement is... He was, he was the Jim Carrey of his time. Yeah. And... Okay. It's like, I like Emily Blunt. I think if you had to pick somebody, that's probably a good call. Mm. But there, I don't know. There's something about Julie Andrews, man. Really? Which, which I talk about cold takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it was a real joy to watch it. Okay. I'm into it. Yeah. I will. I maybe will watch it. You weren't on any sort of altering substance while you were watching this. Really. No, I wasn't. Okay. Although that might be fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, you were speaking with such passion that it was almost like the youthful exuberance came it from was, something else. Yeah. It was just funny because I remembered it very clearly. Everything right. I saw, I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. Do you? But okay. I couldn't figure out why I was so entertained by it. Right. Like even the scene where Uncle Albert is on the ceiling because he can't stop laughing. Okay. <laughs> That's just a thing. Wow. Um, he keeps telling these jokes and they're bad, like 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 street jokes. Yeah. I didn't get any of them as a kid. Right. Because they're just too intricate. I didn't right. get them, but I get them and they're funny. They're actually funny. Yeah, they're pretty funny. All right. They're like a uh, dad joke kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. Got street it. jokes. Sure. Anyway, I watch what Mary Poppins. Like street jokes? Just like these every, are what the heroin dealers are telling like each other? Like everyday jokes you could tell on the street. Okay. And, and they could track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man on the roof telling street jokes. That's it. Okay. Uh, we got more to do here. This is okay. a very long podcast. Sorry. Um, most influential movies ranked by a stats company in Italy. Okay. Most influential movies impacted culture more than anything else. Number three, Psycho. Okay. Number two, original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Number one, Grease. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Grease two. Uh, Wizard of Oz is number one. All right. Yeah, those are that... that that makes sense. I think they're pretty fair. All I think of it, those makes sense. They kind of reach three different categories of film, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, most tweeted about shows in 2018. Most tweeted about shows. Venture any guesses? Game of Thrones. Nope. Oh. I don't think Game of Thrones was on in 2018. No. Oh, no, so. it was. It I'm was. sure it was tweeted about, but it would have been tweeted about a lot more if it was on in 2018. Um, Saturday Night Live, really, and Roseanne. Those are the top three. Those are the top two. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. I mean, yeah, I guess both both make sense. Yeah, half the only reason Roseanne was tweeted about so much was because she and me and tweeted, and everyone else started tweeting about it. Yeah, we tweeted it a lot this year. It wasn't because the show was good. It wasn't like people man, like I'm really show. loving this show. People like the show. People yeah. are watching the Connors. People are watching the Connors. They are. But the Connors will not be one of the most tweeted about shows no. of 2019 no. or 18. No. But they'll sustain for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I was wrong. I'll have to stand corrected on that. I thought for sure that wouldn't fly. Do they have a season two booked for yeah. them? Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah, they're the all Connors. lined up. They're all cushy. They're all right. good. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. Are we going into shows now? Yeah, you go first. Okay, right. So I'm recapping 
Heathers. Heathers. Oh boy, here we go. It was just really hard coming up with shows to talk about this week. And before we get into these, can I just say, uh, I picked both shows for this week's podcast. Why are you friends with me? Because (laughs) I, I pick... I invariably pick the worst shows for this podcast. You think that these shows are the worst of all time, though, and I tend to disagree a little bit. I, I don't think, think they're the worst of all time. I won't watch uh, either. Okay, one, but. okay. I think that either one of them might be the worst show we've ever covered on this podcast. Either one of them might be. Yeah. Together, they are in like uh, inarguably the most the toxic pairing combo. Yeah, okay. we've ever had. That's fair. I'll agree with that. I struggle. I, maybe because I don't really remember. I struggle to decide which one offends me more. Okay. I think it's Heather's. It's, it has to be. I think it's Heather's. There's only one answer there. The other one was pretty bad, man. It shouldn't offend you. It should, it's bad. Heather's should offend you. Heather's will offend you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Recap the first episode of Heather's in three, two, one, go. Okay. Veronica is a high school student kind of struggling to find her identity. There are three villains named heather that are a little bit too woke and uh they're also kind of bullies in that sense of like political correctness um a lot of instagram followers veronica accidentally fat shames one of them and uh then they go to like kind of intimidate her because they know she's going to bully her back or ruin her life and they accidentally kill her and uh, that was 30 seconds yeah it's not so much that they try to bully her they try to uh, create a conspiracy that she's a Nazi. Sorry, yeah. Did I say they try to bully her? I th- intimidate I that, her. Yes, yeah. they try to intimidate. Yeah, you're right. They try to create a conspiracy through her own social media that she's a Nazi. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of weaponizing of social media. Yeah, and like I understand what the. Okay. Anyway, I'll 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 finish the last ten minutes because you actually haven't seen those. Oh, that's right. I haven't. So yeah, I, I bailed on it because Slaney showed up and I was like, can you cover this one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they eulogize this poor dead popular girl. Heather. Heather. Heather Chandler. Yes. And there's actually like even a meeting between the teachers saying like, wow, like all of them kind I of have that. different takes. I saw that. <laughs> like, wow, she's so fat. And one of them's like, you can't call her that. She's right. so popular. Yeah. And then the gays had their moment. The trans kids had their moment. Now it's the fatties. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And um, so after that, the other two Heathers are kind of like arguing about who's going to eulogize her. Mm. And I don't know. They just keep arguing about it. The one who ends up eulogizing her is Betty. Yeah. There's a Betty and a Veronica. That can't be a coincidence. So Betty ends up going up. And eulogizes her and is kind of like, everyone should be friends. Like, this is our moment to all be friends and be nice. But then in turn, she becomes the popular girl by the very end of it. Oh, she becomes and, the new queen bee? Yeah. And it and the like weird uh, love interest is kind of like, old boss, new boss. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. Get it? Because like, he says that early. Anyway, so she's the new queen bee and she's walking and she's you can tell that she like she talks to her friend like, shut up. Like, I can't believe you. Blah, blah, blah. Like. Um, oh my god, he's not he's not budget Christian Slater. He's stolen off of a hotel maid cart Christian Slater. Right. He's the oh my god, so terrible. And so then, this is the worst part. Okay. So not the monocle that she wears and is we, never explained. We are to believe that Heather is dead. Right. But it says earlier that day, it uh, flashes in the last uh, minute. Okay. And the parents come in. In like clear daylight. Heather's parents? Heather's parents. Okay. I wondered where they were when her like, da- when their daughter was being To poisoned. be like, oh my God, no, she. this must just be like one of her like art pieces or something. And then they see her on the floor. Like, so it's like they saw the Instagram video first okay. and then they see her on the floor and go like, oh my God, no. And the, the father just like slaps her on the back twice. And she wakes up. And she like coughs up all of the food that apparently has been suffocating her for what I thought at this point would have been hours. Yeah. She had a cyanide pill in her system. Yeah. But that was apparently undigested. That was just like in the food that was stuck in her throat. And she like picks it up and is like. She fell through a glass table. Yeah. They, They also, they tricked her into saying on camera. Her life is so hard. Like they were able, they were able to make it look like it was a suicide. Yeah. And this is uh, Veronica's quote unquote best friend. And she's hanging around with this sleazy guy 
who very easily convinces her to just cover it up. Like, neither yeah. one of them have any remorse for this murder. So we also learn that the sleazy guy is also at the beginning of the episode. He's the son of the lady who kills herself and burns her house down. So he's the little boy who watches the, uh, yeah. the suicide at the beginning? And he kind of justifies his dad's behavior of being like, well, he used to be normal before the incident. And then he, like, describes the whole thing that happened and Veronica is just like, oh my uh, God, this is crazy. Okay, so do you know the movie Heather's? No, I don't know it at Me all. Me neither. <laughs> but it's but I, it's my understanding. It's it's like a black comedy, dark comedy, about a girl who like hatches a plan to murder the popular kids. Right. Oh, so okay. I guess that's what this is indirectly. Gotcha. Uh, with Winona Ryder. And, and like, I think a lot of the dialogue is lifted from the movie, and particularly with him, that, that guy. I think yeah. a lot of what he says is supposed to sound like pseudo-intellectual. And she says, you're so full of it. Yeah. Which is also what the audience is feeling. Right. But we're feeling it even more than her. So mm-hmm. it's like not enough that she says you're so full of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And um, so, so Veronica lives to find out that she's like Instagram famous and I think stays in hiding because of that. Right. Um, it's like, she says like, holy shit, I'm famous. You, not Veronica, Heather. Sorry, Heather. She's yeah. like a martyr and right. she's going to keep it a secret. Somehow, yeah, continue to fake her death. I can't, um, what's most offensive about the show? I can't imagine how vapid they think young people are. Well, there's, yes. I can't, they, the makers of this show, they, they really think young people are so frivolous. It at the same time is trying to be like, like, can I finish your sentence? Yeah. And politically correct while also like shitting, like taking the piss out of it. Right. It's trying to like mock generation Z and also be classic. And it doesn't make, it doesn't add up. Yeah, they didn't, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't track. They're also feeding off this ancient narrative archetype, this formula of the all-American school with the cliques. Yeah. It's like so sanitized and it's so oversimplified. Like I've said on this podcast before, I said it to Becky earlier, high school is painful for a lot of people, but it's subtly painful. Right. It's, it's not looking each other in the eye and saying you're worthless. Right. It's making people feel worthless. Yeah. And... I just feel like that's lost in in the interpretation in of the high schools. In the Heatherverse. Does yeah. it exist in the Cebu? <laughs> I, I doubt it. I really doubt they it. They wouldn't make time for the Heatherverse. Okay, so there's like, there's a, a scandal around this show. Yeah. Oh, is there? Sort of. It, it First of all, it had a very hard time finding a home because the content was problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it got pushed off Paramount, and it, or it got pushed off TV land and pushed to Paramount. It was on uh, TV It was going to be a TV land show. Oh, my God. Or a Spike show or something. <laughs> okay. um, and then it was supposed to premiere, and then yeah. the Parkland, Florida shooting happened. And okay. they were like, we can't premiere this show the same week as this. Right. And then they were going to premiere it a couple months later, but that was the March for Our Lives. So, like, they just kept having to push it ahead, and they ended up putting the pilot episode on the internet for free. And then they tried to take it on Netflix and Netflix rejected them. Right. They've just had an impossible time trying to get people to see this show. The original trailer, yeah. which was put on YouTube, has more dislikes than it has likes. Wow. Is it on is it on TBS? No. It's not. It's way too R-rated for TBS. I know. I just thought, like, reading about it. Yeah, but what is the Paramount streaming service? Like, I don't know. Paramount a, a channel? I guess. Yeah. There's far too many of them now. You know what this does that's actually uh, validating for me? Because um, we, we talk about how I'll indulge in the 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 soapy teen dramas. Yeah. The Riverdales and the Sabrinas. And, uh, and I've never watched Gossip Girl, but I'm not above it. Pretty Little Liars, those type shows. Mm-hmm. This show actually says it's okay to watch those shows because there's a much lower bottom. Yeah. Yeah, this one was uh this one was pretty rough. No mention of that monocle. She's wearing a monocle. <laughs> She's writing her diary. She is, I I felt like that must have been a nod to the original. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe uh went on a rider was wearing a monocle at some point. And yeah. she's the one who hatches a plan to kill the popular kids along with Christian Slater. Right, okay. And that's like 1988. Yeah. I've never seen it. Neither have I. Not sure it would be good if we watched it right now. Well, I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know if the lesson is like usually the bullies are hurting people too. It's not really the lesson in in Mean Girls. No. Also, so 
to give you an idea of like the bully girl in this show, the one who's like woke and has 245,000 Instagram followers, she sees a guy in the gym who's wearing a shirt that says like Remington Squaws. Yeah. Which I don't know if we're to believe that that's the actual name of the team or it's like a joke shirt that he's wearing, but she wants to expose him as racist. Right. Orders him to get up and take his shirt off. Yeah. And then... Yeah, that's right. She They, they kind of like victimize the jocks, which is weird. Right. And then... And also they make a point, I think, of like saying that one of the jocks is gay in it. Like he's supposed to be like the cool jock, but right. he gets himself like a stud magazine or something yeah but that is also and that's from another time that's not a compelling (laughs) secret anymore no yeah it was just uh it was just all over the place then she forces the guy to go over to jesus julie and like ask her uh i don't know it just doesn't seem to have any trace of irony it doesn't seem to know how atrocious it is no it seemed like they were really rushed putting this together yeah and putting the script together, or maybe they had the basic concept, but putting the script together was uh, didn't. They were like, okay, uh, I feel like it was someone like who stayed up the night before an exam. I, like, I just I couldn't believe that conversation with the teachers. I yeah. could I couldn't believe somebody put that on a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. It was. It was really. I was waiting for it to be done too. It was a little bit too long. It was deeply terrible. It was only forty two minutes. I know. Deeply terrible. Yeah. It's 42 minutes. It's probably 20 minutes longer than it had to be. Do you give it your ass? No. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I'm going to recap uh, the, not the pilot episode, but the first episode of the, the reboot mm-hmm. of Murphy Brown, which is season 11, episode one. Right. Uh, okay. Put me on, put me on the is clock. Is it season 11 or is it season one with a, a backstory that everyone knows? They call it season 11. Okay. They call 11. it season 11. And much like Roseanne, it's like too much time has passed in the middle and they clearly only want to talk about one thing, which is Donald Trump. Right. Okay. I'm going to recap the first episode on go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Murphy Brown uh, is retired from broadcasting, but she's going to go back to do a panel show on cable news. Uh, her big triumphant return. Also, her son is now a 28 year old alternative journalist and he's going on to do a show to cover uh, the Trump's America and their competing time slots. Murphy goes on air for the first time and uh, she signs up for Twitter to be a part of the current age and she gets in a live on television uh, feud with President Donald Trump and uh, she beats her son in ratings. Okay. You nailed it. Yeah. Um, all right, now go for your thoughts. It's, it's, it, it is just Roseanne. It's just the same thing. It's Roseanne for for the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go so far as to make that joke when she's signing up for Twitter and she almost tweets something bad. And he's and her son is like, be careful with that. People lose their shows over, over right. tweeting the wrong thing. And they kind of went, oh, but yeah. I had no idea what they were even. All right. I just about. remembered we can't go anywhere without talking about the fact that Hillary Clinton is in this show. Yeah. She does a cameo episode. in the show as. Another person named Hillary Clinton with one L? With one L. So I think it was always a trope of the show that she had a different secretary or a different, yeah, a different secretary. Maybe. And and I only know that from Seinfeld and Kramer was like in one episode, in one episode of, of Seinfeld, he was... He got a role as Murphy Brown's secretary that episode. Speaking of, of cinematic it. universes, yeah. uh, does that mean Seinfeld exists in the Murphy Brown universe? Great question. Because I can take it a step further. Kramer also was in an episode of Caroline in the City. And Leah <laughs> as Tom- Kramer? Yes. And Leah Thompson as Caroline was in an episode of Friends, which means Friends exists in the Seinfeld universe. Whoa. And Mad About You, because that's the same Friends universe, because Ursula Buffay works at the place in Mad About You. Right. All of these goddamn shows are in the Asibu. <laughs> They're in definitely in the same universe. Yeah. Wow. Someone sh- And we know that that community exists in Cougar Town. It does. In the Cougar Town Well, universe. only to Abed. Right. The show, the show Cougar Town exists as a show in community but that's true of most things that's right and abed exists in 
Cougar Town. Abed is unique, though, in this discussion because he's one of the few fictional characters who is aware that he's in a fictional show. Right. But he's not really... Yeah, I guess he's always telling the audience. He's living his life as though he's in a fictional show. He know, Yeah. It's either a coping mechanism or he's hyper-aware. Right. It's interesting, actually, we're having all this discussion about like who, what real figures exist within fictional platforms because so much of this Murphy Brown episode is reliant on the American political situation. And I, I know that in most cases, American presidents are famous enough to exist in a lot of fictional contexts. Right. Um, but the character, the personality of Donald Trump, the type of Donald Trump mm-hmm. is a character within this show. And this show just exists to criticize that and not in any new way. No. And was Murphy Brown good when it was originally That's on? another question I have. Because Roseanne wasn't, by my standards. Right. And I can't see people on the left saying, oh, Murphy Brown as the response to Roseanne is amazing. Exactly. I just picture them saying that what? Because it's not fresh. That's something Roseanne did have is finally there's like mainstream entertainment that is saying the opposition. Right. But there's so many. Every Colbert monologue is better than Murphy Brown. Of course. Come on. Yeah. Although that joke about Hillary Clinton actually makes a joke about emails and that was okay. That was all right. That was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Did you notice when when she starts having a feud with Donald Trump and they're putting his tweets on screen? Mm -hmm. Which, by the way... They were implying that Trump tweets way more often and more quickly than he's capable of doing. Right. Did you notice his uh, his at, his handle was different? Yeah. It was I wonder like, if that was like a legal loophole. It was like real Donald J. Trump. At PRSDT45. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Huh. Um, he, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Like, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't. Oh, I almost want to say it wasn't awful. No, it was, it was really bad. It was really awful. It was deeply awful. What about the tech guy, the guy from Atypical? Yeah. He was... I didn't like him in the first episode of Atypical either, though. I always liked him on... on I, I, I just, Again, I thought they were, like, making young people seem stupid. Like, he tries to talk to Siri with a flip phone. Like, he's freaking out over a flip phone. Right. Also, what journalist is not going to, like, what former journalist is not going to keep up with the times, especially with something that can help them follow the news yeah. better and interact with more people? Well, honestly, like, why, what, is, why was that a, a, a novel idea for... Uh, since when do TV news anchors retire? Yeah. Honestly, they... Yeah, true. Freaking Dan Rather, like, all those guys stay on and, TV forever. And this was four of because them that were fucking crazy of money if you're a famous if you're a famous tv reporter you just have to show up and read the thing that's the other thing is all her cohorts are idiots yeah everyone in the show except for her and her son are idiots and that's the comedy was her son in the original show i mean not as a 28 year old was he that guy he must have been a little boy is that guy also in this is us no that's justin hartley okay this is this is a discount bin justin hartley okay gotcha yeah gotcha and a bad actor and honestly, Candace Bergen's a bad actor in yeah, this anyway. She's, she's not good. No. It almost seemed like, you know how Betty White, when she got back on the horse at like age 80? Yep. It seemed like she was that rusty. Yeah, but Betty White just has a charm. I mean, I don't know that Hot in Cleveland was good, but Betty White <laughs> has a charm that I just didn't really see in Candace Bergen. Because Candace Bergen's not 90. No. You know? No. It's not that cute. I found myself, though, wondering, like, did I ever know what Candace Bergen looked like (laughs) throughout this show? Like, is this Candace Bergen? I certainly didn't know what Murphy Brown was. No. I had to learn it all today. I definitely remember Murphy Brown kind of, like, being on TV when I was little. I think I got confused with Murder, She Wrote. (laughs) I know that anytime Murphy Brown was on, I remember people saying it was a comedy. Yeah. And me kind of wondering why it was like, like, I got friends. Yeah. You know, I got friends as like a, a, a eight-year-old kid. That's why kid people are freaking out about friends leaving. It's endlessly relatable. Right. And Murphy Brown's just not. It's just pandering. It's just telling liberal viewers what they want to hear. Yeah. Which is that Trump is in bed with Putin. Right. Oh, really hot take. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. This show is full of cold takes. It's just cold takes. It's cold takes. Ice cold takes. I- and I'm not against reboots vocationally yeah but this is exactly why people are against reboots this show incarnate is the definition of why reboots are risky right agreed it's just full of agenda it's toxic 
And I think I think it's equally offensive to to Heather because of how stupid it thinks people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Although it's isn't it trying to be smart? That's my big issue. Yeah, it's like look how smart you are, and then it dangles keys in your face. Right. Yeah. Would you say that? Um, Should it be on for three seasons <laughs> or less? No, no. And I was thinking about this. I don't think this is a sustainable sign off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just gonna have to cut it there because I said three seasons or less. No, no, yeah. I can't. I can't do it. In fact, I've even gone. I've gone so far as to research Will Smith because I think Will Smith. <laughs> because we're I, bringing it back. I think we should bring it back. It's right. been gone for so long. You've missed it for four episodes. It's time to reboot it. It's time to reboot the Will Smith right. segment. I like it. I think so. The Smithiverse. Does Does Hancock exist in the Pursuit of Happiness universe? I would say no. <laughs> Hancock only exists. In- what two Will Smith characters are most likely to coexist in one universe? I'm having trouble. Uh, Technically, any any movie and Men in Black because Men in Black are supposed to be secret. Maybe, maybe Men in Black and Enemy of the State. Uh, what about um, Independence Day? Is he in that? Yeah, there's aliens in that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he could go from police officer to FBI agent to fighter pilot. Yeah. I mean, there's like a military crossover in there maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hitch and... I'm out of Will Smith movies. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust Will Smith. Never trust him. Oh no! Wait a second. I had research I wanted to talk about. Oh, 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 okay. Let's he he went through a uh, he went through a midlife crisis in 2012. He, he, he has come out to say when uh, uh, Willow Smith's "Whip My Hair" became a big hit, <laughs> he went through a midlife crisis because he couldn't believe that his daughter could be a pop star, and right. I guess he really struggled with it. And how old was Willow Smith at that point? Like 13. 13. And Will Smith was probably close to the same age when he. Got famous? He was probably a little older than that. Yeah. I think he played a 15-year-old on Fresh Prince in the first episode, but he was probably like he 20. Had a full mustache. I know. Yeah. So he was, I, he was lying right from the beginning. That's right. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust him. <laughs> he, was, he was clearly pubescent.